Why can't the news be the news? On this episode of Right Angle, we save CNN. Hi, I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green. This episode, as all episodes of Right Angle, are brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. If you have not yet done so, look around on the screen and see if there's anything you can poke that would make more people watch this or that would get you alerts or that would give us some encouragement and just start poking <laughs> things on the screen until you feel better. Uh, I know it'll make us feel better. Gentlemen, uh, CNN, as you know, is undergoing a change in leadership uh, because of things that we can't talk about on a family program. And so uh, I, it occurred to me, though, when I read the second of these changes, that this poses an opportunity for the three of us. And so uh, the two things that I've learned so far that the new executive at CNN is in favor of, I like. Uh, number one is... He'd like to see more emphasis on hard news coverage, more boots on the ground reportage, so to speak, and less panel discussions of opinions. And then the other thing was, I read today that he wants to see less attacking of Fox News on their air. Apparently, if you watch CNN long enough, uh, you know, three or four minutes of it, um, you'll find somebody saying something negative about Fox News. And, and the new executive at CNN doesn't want to see a lot of that. And I thought, Stephen Green, this is an extraordinary uh, opportunity. And I thought, what if instead of this new guy whose last name I can't pronounce, so I'm not even going to mention him, um, it, what if it were you instead? And they brought you in and they said, hey, you've got all the tools and resources and locations and producers and reporters and videographers and all that kind of stuff that you can do with as you please. Um, how can you do, I'm going I'm to ask you a kind of a two-prong question and you've okay. got to satisfy both prongs. Uh, number one is, what would you do with the network? And then number two is, how could you do it in a way that is sustainable? In other words, how do you make money doing that? How do you make money? Yeah, the uh, the TV networks, the news networks were actually much better when they were considered to be money losing prestige divisions um, that were supported by, you know, the, the regular entertainment programming. Um, when they had to be self-sufficient, uh, Maybe that wasn't such a good model for TV news, which is mm. just a terrible medium. Although, you know, I just realized this. You must have phrased it differently in the backstage Probably. segment, you know, our, our, our meeting for our BillWhittle.com members, because now that you said, how do you save CNN? I, I don't want to play this game now. <laughs> well, now you don't. No. I'm, I'm going to put it this way. You don't have to save CNN qua CNN, okay? Yes. But I'm just no, saying I, you, I get that. you've got this, you've got this just, opportunity to, to make it the way you want it. What would you do with it? The, fir the first thing I would do, I would actually fire Brian Stelter twice. Um, <laughs> everybody loves a, a twice-baked potato, and I think that would go over very well. Um, but I think to, to seriously answer your question, Hopefully this would be self-sustaining to answer the, the second part first. I don't know that it would be because the economics of TV news have been lowest common denominator. I think it's one of the reasons the medium is so awful for imparting important information. But I wouldn't hire any J school grads. Um, I wouldn't hire anybody that was necessarily telegenic. Um, I wouldn't hire anybody from directly from the industry. If... I wanted to have a, a Wall Street segment, I'd hire somebody who used to work on Wall Street. Um, if I wanted to cover big business, I'd hire somebody who used to work at a Fortune 500 company. I would recruit from the tech field to cover the tech industry. 
And I would, uh, I would recruit a small business person to cover our small business news. I would just, J School grad says, uh, uh, Barack Obama's aide, I can't remember his name famously said, are 27 years old and know literally nothing. And I think this model really hurts because as somebody pointed out many, many years ago and has been repeated many, many times, if you read the newspaper, you assume that everything is more or less right. But when you read a story that is something about something that you know about, you can't believe how wrong it is. You just assume everything else is accurate. So let's let's get away from the journalist model. And the other thing I would make sure of is no matter what field I plucked these people out of to cover, I would make sure that they were somewhat cynical. We used to have, you know, you, we have the image in our head of the old school uh, newspaper reporters who tended to be, you know, grumpy older guys. Uh, who didn't put up with a whole lot of BS and had pretty good BS detectors. Um, they don't necessarily have to be grumpy old guys, you know, but hire some cynics who come from the fields that they're going to cover. And then I think, Scott, I hope anyway, that the finances, the, the commercial success would, would follow kind of automatically from there. You know, Bill, while uh, Steve was talking, uh, for some reason, I was reminded of the, the early days of MTV. And that started while I was in college. And we used to go back, um, you know, if we had a break between classes, we would go back to the house. And uh, there was this kind of big room with a bunch of sofas in it, and we could all watch TV. And unless the love boat was on, we were watching MTV. And it was uh, amazing because you know what was on MTV? Music, music videos. That's what all that was on MTV was back to back music videos. Yes. Well, I'm saying this for our audience, some of whom were going, what? There were music videos? And by the way, the M in MTV actually stands for music which a lot of people didn't realize. <laughs> and so it's like that originally started off the way I think CNN kind of started off initially because I was in on the early days of CNN too. And I remember that CNN was primarily a cable news network. And like all the other cable news networks, uh, eventually they transitioned uh, from the expensive process of trying to find news all around the world and reporting that in as close to real time as they possibly could to saying, you know what, it's a lot cheaper if you just get three or four blowhards to sit around the studio and, and mouth their opinions about the news. And you could eat up like an entire hour without actually having to break any news. So, Bill, um, it's kind of tough if you start with the assumption that we are where we are now. Uh, but we are where we are now. And so how would you take the equipment and the personnel of CNN and turn it into something that's valuable to have uh, and valuable enough to sustain itself? Well, Steve said pretty much everything I wanted to say, including the fact that I don't particularly care to, to save CNN, but, but since it's all hypothetical anyway, I think clearly the answer is, based on what you were just saying, is you need to fire the entire CNN staff and hire Martha Quinn to be your, your, your news anchor for the evening. <laughs> I would watch. Yeah, although we haven't seen still pictures have a in a while, and I've been uh, shocked at how much older everybody else is getting. Um, <laughs> The, the, the truth, the, the, the serious answer is, and I really just mean this, CNN's attendance has dropped 90%. Its viewership has dropped 90%. And in order to save CNN, you're going to have to lose the other 10% too. Uh, because the 10% that is still there are the, are the far left uh, 
there are the far left extremists that that tune in to see, you know, everything's Donald Trump's fault or whatever the case may be. If you were really serious about it, I'm not kidding. I would fire everybody. I would just completely fire everybody. I would, as Steve said, I would go for a much less polished look. I, I don't watch network news and I haven't for a long time, but every now and then I'll have to see it on YouTube. And this this idea of a news anchor is way, 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 way past its its prime. I'd hire somebody like Michael Yon, you know, somebody yeah. like just as an example, people who are out in the field, they don't have to be glamorous, but they in fact, since you asked me about this seriously, I would strip away all of the glamour because glamour is artificial. And I would go to this kind of post YouTube world where where authenticity is what matters and and. And and just get down to the brass tacks. It, my motto, my new motto would be we supply the facts, you provide your own opinion, something along those lines. Mm. And I would and I would make it clear that our new model is to get you news as objectively as possible. I would get rid of all I would get rid of all of the um, entertainment type shows, Rachel Maddow shows and all that stuff. All of it I just just would be gone. That kind of thing. No commentary, no nothing. It would just be news. And 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 I think you would cut your expenses enormously. There's a whole bunch of shows you wouldn't have to produce. You wouldn't be paying all these enormous studio fees. You wouldn't be paying for, for superstars like like Brian Souther and all the rest of them. You would just I would just strip everything away and I would say we are going to deliver news with to the best of our ability without opinion. And um and and you'll hear it. You'll hear the news here first, and that's all you'll hear. And then I would use whatever resources were remaining to be an actual news agency. You know, CNN has a budget, right? I would take all of this frill away. I just I just I just lose it. Just chuck it. And I would spend that money on on non glamorous people, exactly as Steve said, who knew what they were talking about, and. And get those people on the scene as quickly as possible. I take most of my budget and use it to, to hire stringers, right? The people, people who are fairly reliable, who you've had some experience with, and I have them all over the planet. And, and whenever something broke in Bucharest, I'd have somebody who I could go to in Bucharest who, who, who spoke Bucharestian and, uh, <laughs> and was able to provide some insight without providing their opinion. And, and if you could make a, a network consist of simply people who knew what they were talking about, I think it was Michael Crichton who talked about that effect you're talking about, uh, Steve. The idea you're that right, yes. You, you think you, you trust everything until you hear a story you know something that's absolute garbage. They got everything wrong. And then you assume that the next story is factually correct. When in point of fact, the next story is about something that somebody else who knows something about it is saying is completely wrong. I would lose the, I'd lose the polish, I'd lose the personalities, and I would, and I would make it very, very clear that we are doing our, our very best to make it news and, and you're a grown up and you can decide whatever opinion you want to make out of this. 
You know, I think um, journalists, especially on TV, have the same problem that politicians have is they um, they probably start off for good reasons. They have some things they believe in. They want to see those things advance. They start at a local level. Nobody knows who they are. They work hard. They try to do a good job. And then eventually they get to the point where it's not their integrity or their beliefs or their pursuit of the truth that matters the most, but it's their appearance. It's their personality. It's their opinion. And all the sudden they become, as James Earl Jones said, uh, a public figure. And they become a public figure and they don't, they stop being a journalist. And so the most important thing then is to maintain, you know, Anderson Cooper's ratings, uh, yeah. not whether Anderson Cooper is telling the truth. And I'm not saying that Anderson Cooper himself or anybody like him isn't trying to do a good job. I just think it becomes almost impossible to do so when you become the show and Americans who are watching this stuff then be, are evaluating things on a completely different basis. It's like people who go to the polls and say, I, I really like her. I I'm going to vote for her because I like her. Instead of saying, hey, wait a minute, what does, she, what does she believe? Does she agree with me? Do I think she could be effective in that role? Does she have any executive experience? Does she have any legislative experience? Does she have any abilities that, would be, that could be applied in this position? And so we watch the news because we like the anchor. We find them attractive. We like the sound of their voice. We like their sense of humor or whatever. Um, and what happens is during times of war, CNN actually gets better. And I've watched CNN in peacetime, and it's like a kind of a peacetime army. You know, they kind of grow lazy and fat, and they don't focus on the real calling that they're there for. But in the war, all of a sudden, you've got a lot of their personalities who are now stripped of their neckties and blazers and suits, and they're out wearing puffy vests sitting in the cold um, and trying to report from a place where there are things blowing up behind them. And they're fielding various reports from much uglier people, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed that. That, but the war correspondents, who are largely British people, are, are bringing these reports in. And they're relatively homely shoe leather reporters who are out there trying to gather information and bring it to people. And, and I'm, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, you could be more like this all the time. You could actually go out there and find stories. I mean, if you're willing to fly halfway around the world and get shot at in order to bring this story, why can't you be willing to, you know, go down the street and get a story about what's happening in our local community? Why can't the news be the news instead of just opinion shows. So I'm along with Steve and Bill. I, I would purge all of the opinion shows. Um, there are places you can go to get opinions. I just don't think a news network should be one of them. Uh, maybe the news network, which is of course now part of some corporate conglomerate, you know, uh, maybe that needs to be a loss leader. Maybe it's maybe it needs to be an entity that doesn't really generate uh, income enough to sustain itself, but the other elements, the entertainment elements of that conglomerate are able to throw off enough cash to fund this. I know that TV uh, studios and uh, TV stations used to do that because it would mollify the FCC. So they were trying to get their, you know, their license renewed periodically, and they wanted to make sure that they were providing some value to the American public so that they would do these straight news shows. But I'll tell you, I don't know if I'm the only one on earth. I am hungry for this kind of news. I want to see it. And when I turn on the TV and I see, you know, a bunch of uh, hirelings and then some other people who are just coming on because they have a book out there and they want to promote that and they're just mouthing off about the news... I'm like, no, this isn't why I come to you. There are lots of places where I can see people mouthing off, primarily at BillWhittle.com. Uh, but 
when, when they start doing that, I tune out. But when they go to the field and when they have an actual report and they're showing somebody who's there, talking to somebody who's involved, I'm interested in that. That's what I want to see more of. So I think that the from what I'm hearing, and of course, this is all hearsay that's gossiped about and passed on to, to reporters, but the idea of a new CNN chief coming in and saying, you know, a lot less talk a lot more action, a lot more facts, a lot more, uh, a lot less slamming of Fox News. It's not because I give a flying rip about Fox News. I don't. But if I'm the CN- uh, CNN CEO, why in the world would I want to promote Fox News? <laughs> why would I want to talk about them on my air? <laughs> so I would try to do anything I could to build up the credibility of that network. I, I once uh, met a CNN reporter uh, when I was in at one of the Republican conventions. I can't remember. And it was in this bar um, that CNN was actually controlling. And so it was one of these CNN people. And she said, you know, when I used to work in radio, I could roll out of bed in sweatpants and put my hair up in a barrette and go to work. I miss that. Because she's saying, now I've got to get all dolled up. I've got to put different clothes on. I've got to have makeup. I've got to do all this stuff that has nothing to do with reporting the news. I really wish I were back reporting news. And I'll bet you there's more than one reporter out there who kind of longs for those days when that's what they could do. So so the solution, less, less talk, uh, less slamming of Fox News, more ugly people, And I think you solve America's greatest problem. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members of BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible. 